morning, Tatelets. It's lovely to be gathered. Before I get into my sermon this morning, I just want to give you guys a little update in regards to Joseph's health. I'm fine. <laughs> so you all know he's been very open in regard to his journey with anxiety. Can I just turn this whole back off, though? Oh, can you hear me now? No, okay, don't worry, I'll just hold it on for a bit. It's quite loud. Testing. Can we just turn that bomb break down a bit? Cool. So, you'll all know he's been very open in regard to his journey with anxiety. Well, he's on some unplanned leave at the moment. He is working through some mental health challenges in relation to that. Um, essentially, he feels like he has bottomed out emotionally and he has some great support and it's very appreciated. So basically, he's needed and is needing some time out to recharge, to recalibrate, to reorientate a bit. So maybe another couple of weeks. We're not sure at this stage yet. He's been off for a couple of weeks. But in the meantime, your love, your support, and your prayers are deeply, deeply appreciated. So I have his phone and I have his computer. So we have unplugged the boy. We've unplugged him. So if you send a message, it will come through me. So send nice things about me as well. <laughs> Don't go like you, but I could give the other half, you know. So I, am, I have got his phone and his computer as well, so I will pass on anything that you send. So that's where we're up to. We've always wanted to be very transparent, very authentic, keep everyone in the loop, and I know that he's been very open over his journey as well. So that's where things are up to at the moment. So now, the table has been prepared. Not of the church, but the table of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is made ready for those who love the Lord a little and for those that would love to love the Lord more. All are invited to take a seat at this table, the certain, the uncertain, the faithful and the doubters. So come, you who have much faith and you who have a little faith, you who have followed faithfully, you who have tried but failed. There is always space for you at this table. Come not because of your own goodness, but because of the goodness of God. Come and meet the risen Christ. Come and eat from the tree of life rediscovered. Turn your heart towards Jesus and receive the salvation of God, for Jesus is the bread of life, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So come to where heaven and earth overlap, the table of the Lord, and receive the life of Christ as your own, the grace and peace of God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. And now the table has been prepared not of the church, but of the Lord Jesus Christ. As they were eating, Jesus took some bread and he blessed it. 
And then he broke it into pieces and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take it, for this is my body. And he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them, and they all drank from it. And he said to them, This is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and people. It is poured out as a sacrifice for many. It's fairly safe, fairly safe to say that a lot has changed over the last 2,000 years. I mean, a lot has changed even in my short lifetime of 41 years. My childhood home phone number was 64290. Does anyone remember their childhood home phone number? 64290, you're thinking of here? telling the person next to you. That was when you actually spoke to people. You know, you rang up and you spoke to people back, back in that day. Um, you know things have become very special when you're t texting your children that it's dinner time and you're under the same roof. Very special. Or when the milkman drove down your street delivering milk. And that wonderful beverage that was Fijoa and grapefruit juice. It was on the milk truck. Oh, what a wonderful beverage that was. But we could spend, we could literally spend hours, right, chatting about all the changes that we've seen over our lifetimes. You know, and if the followers of Jesus, those first disciples, those Christ followers, were to time travel to a contemporary church, you would wonder what of the modern service that they would recognise. Well, the thing that would have given away that they were at a church, that they were at a Christ followers gathering, probably wouldn't be the sound system. It probably wouldn't be the piano. It probably wouldn't be the stage. Don't tell Joseph this, but it probably wouldn't even be the Narnia lamp. It probably wouldn't be the Narnia lamp. What would give it away would be communion, the table of the Lord. For in 2,000 years, the nature of bread and wine has not changed. And to look at it, to look at it, it appears insignificant, but looks can be deceiving. This table, it's heavy laden. It's a rich, extravagant and abundant feast. Dave Tomlinson writes, Eucharist means gratitude. Thus, the central ritual in Christianity is a feast of gratitude. On the face of many things, it may seem absurd to talk of a feast. What kind of a feast boasts a sip of wine and a pinch of bread? But that's the whole point. In a world where entire meals are consumed in forgetfulness, there is something powerful and evocative about focusing attention gratefully on one tiny morsel and on one small sip. It's a gift. A gift where everything is turned upside down or could you say the right way up? It appears tiny, it appears small, it appears insignificant. 
it appears that it could be easily overlooked and it turns out to be a feast. Brian Zahn writes, in a technological society and a pragmatic culture where not much is sacred, there is an ache in our soul for mystery and for something sacred. There is an ache in our soul for mystery and for something sacred, and that is offered at the table of the Lord. That is offered at the table. Communion, the sacramental presence of God in the midst of a broken world. As I said last, last week, Jesus, certainly at times I have lost him. Certainly at times the church has lost him. Where Christianity has become a label rather than a witness. But Jesus, Jesus has never lost us. Jesus has never lost us. But should we ever feel lost? Should we ever feel lost? We come to the table of the Lord where he is the host, and we find him there. It is made ready for those who love the Lord a little and those that would like to love him more. All are invited to take a seat at this table, the certain, the uncertain, the faith-filled, and the doubters. No requirements, no prerequisites, I for one, and very grateful for that. This table is the great equaliser. Do you need this table any less than the person that you're sitting next to? I think not. Do you need this table any more than the person you're sitting next to? I think not. Certain, uncertain, faithful, doubting, maybe all of these things all at the very same time. You are welcome. You know, the one certainty in life, the one certainty is moments of uncertainty, even seasons of uncertainty. Life has a way of pulling the rug from underneath those feet. A diagnosis, a relationship breakdown, a loss of a job, a pandemic, unsettling news headlines, institutions you supposed to be one thing, but maybe they turned out to be another. Even friendships that take a twist and a turn in unexpected ways. It's disorientating. It's disorientating. And then there is that slow creep of uncertainty. You notice that you, th you notice that things you felt certain about yesterday, you don't feel so certain about them today. What you thought you believe, what you thought you understood, what you thought you comprehended yesterday, can at times give way to lack of clarity some confusion, some big questions that don't seem to have easy answers. And sometimes it's that gap between expectations and reality. And there's just that tension that takes toll over, to over time. And it wears you down. 
and it's tiring. Faith filled one week, faltering the next, marching boldly up one week, crawling here the next. And yet, at the table of the Lord, it is just asked that we turn up. How we turn up is of little note because it's not a celebration of our faithfulness and consistency, but of the faithfulness and the consistency of Christ. And yet, it is not about our consistency, but the consistency of Christ. Dave Tomlinson goes on to write, spiritual intelligence is not being clever enough to answer all the hard questions. It's been open, up to, open enough to see life and others afresh through the eyes of a child. It requires that we cease taking refuge in what we think we know to explore and to learn from what we don't. It requires that we give up our addiction to certainty and learn to appreciate the virtue of questions, that we embrace and learn to live life's difficult questions, sometimes treating them like locked rooms we can't always enter, or books written in languages we don't always understand. Don't go chasing answers that aren't available to you right now, he says, but rather live the questions now, then gradually we may learn to live our way into the answers. And you know what? There are some difficult questions. And trying to answer them can be impossible and actually seem offensive. You know, at work when I'm dealing with a tragedy and a trauma or a horrific situation, death, family violence, loss, you know, and you've got people going, how can this be happening? And they can say it very colourfully, what the heck is going on? It's messy and it messes me up inside. And when people attempt to answer some of these questions or to put them in a tidy explanation, I actually want to say, can you just shut up? Can you just shut up? Because it's making you look ignorant and sheltered and insensitive. Sometimes the best comfort is just to be present just to be present. But how do I find strength and stability to be present? How do you find strength to hold fast? One way is by coming to the table of the Lord again and again and again and again. And here I meet Jesus and I lean into the one thing that I am certain about in all of my uncertainty, that the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases, that his mercies, they never come to an end, for they are new every morning, new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, O God. So come, you who have much faith, and you who have a little, you who have followed faithfully, and you who have tried and failed, there is always a space for you at this table. 
not because of your own goodness, but because of the goodness of God. It's an open table. There's always a spare seat at this table. It's a welcome party, an invitation extended to all, to you, to me, to anyone else. And God is present too. Try and fail. Those that have tried and failed, try and fail. Try and fail. Get back up. Try and fail. It's an all too familiar rhythm. And maybe no one knows the extent of your trying and failing, except we've all been there before. And after a while, you can start to wonder, is there any point in continuing to try? Jonathan Martin says, to be completely cleaned up before communion is like saying we need to get well so we can take our medication. Once the infection clears, then start your antibiotics. Once your headache lifts, then take some Panadol. Once your depression lifts, then start taking your antidepressants. When the bone is healed, come up to the hospital and we'll pop a cast on. We don't come because of our own goodness. We don't come because of our wins and victories. We've got, we come because of his win, his victory, his goodness. And there is always space for you. Likely, all of us can remember a childhood memory where there wasn't space for us, where we weren't included, when we felt left out. And this happens in adulthood as well. We feel like alone or we feel like disconnected or that we don't fit in. Maybe it's the birthday party invite, or should I say lack of it. I still remember Gabby in Standard 3 didn't invite me to her birthday. The problem was weeks earlier, I had invited her to my birthday. And the code was, I invite you to yours, you invite me to mine. She broke the code. She broke the code. And never, never have I forgotten. <laughs> she, lives, she lived on Devonport Road. <laughs> I still think about it when I drive past her house. <laughs> I sort of wish she lived like Whakamaramara or, you know, like Oropi. Devonport Road, every time I drive past. Gabby, didn't invite me to your birthday. 31 years on, still remember. Still remember. Or what about that system in sports where the two sporty kids get picked as the leaders and one by one they choose their team? One by one they choose until there's just a few kids left. You know, that kid get, that gets picked second to last and last. You know, that's such a neat system. Really neat. Those kids must have felt fabulous at the end. Absolutely fabulous. You know, that must have been like a real fill up your self-esteem tank moment, yeah? But I'm sure you know as a 9, 10, 11 year old how you process that as you go home and you're like, well, I'm sure it wasn't personal and I've got other strengths and in the kingdom of God, the last will be first and the first of the last and I'm, we're living in a now but not yet kingdom. So while we see uh, reconciliation in full, we were in part, we won't see it in full yet and, you know, all is well with my soul, no harm intended. Sure, that's how they process it when they got home. 
But you know, maybe it's a dinner party, maybe it's a holiday, maybe it's just something that you weren't included in. And if we're all honest, it's not a great feeling. Not a great feeling. And yes, we may grow and mature and move beyond the standard three birthday party lack of invite. But some of those feelings and those reactions, they're great traveling companions through life, no matter what the age and stage. Sometimes they're close to us all the way through life. And it might sound cliche, but there is always space at this table. Come and meet the risen Christ. Come and eat from the tree of life rediscovered. How beautiful art. Seen in the light of the Easter dawn, the cross is revealed to be the lost tree of life. In the middle of a world dominated by death, the tree of life is rediscovered in the form of a Roman cross. The cross was a radical act of forgiveness that gives sin, violence and retribution a place to die in the body of Jesus. At the cross, sin is absorbed by the love of God and recycled into grace and mercy. This is what Christianity reveals. At the cross, Jesus reveals that life is about learning to love, even if you have to die for it. Because you know that beyond death is the love of the Father and resurrection. This is the cross. This is Christianity. This is Christianity. And what's been said and done in the name of Christianity is at, at times abhorrent. What Christianity even is has been distorted. But this tree of life rediscovered, this radical act, this Jesus, this is what we align to. This is what we align to. This is what exists at the heart of our faith at the heart of the sin called the kingdom of God, justice, love, and reconciliation found in the cross. This is what we subscribe to. This is what captivates our hearts. This is what was meant for evil, but God brought life and light out of death and darkness. The tree of life rediscovered. I drink his flesh and his eat I, I drink his blood and eat his body that I may be his flesh and body in the world. Turn your hearts towards Jesus and receive the salvation of God. For Jesus is the bread of life, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. In reality, some things are just too big for us to sort out on our own strength, try as we might. But we can turn. We can turn our hearts towards Jesus. Receive the salvation of God, the rescue of God, the restoration of God, the strength and the presence and love of God. Most significantly, though, is our need to turn from self-rule and embrace the rule of Christ. 
As well, though, there is much to turn from, maybe turning from the opinions of others that weigh an unhealthy amounts on your heart. Maybe it's turning from being unkind to yourself. Jesus came to reconcile us to many things, including ourselves. Maybe it's turning towards a journey of healing, and that's hard and that's uncomfortable, and it may need that you seek professional help. Turn. Turn from things and turn towards things. Turn your hearts towards Jesus. Turn your eyes towards Jesus and look full in his wonderful face. I lift my eyes. Where does my help come from? So come. Come to where heaven and earth overlap. The table of the Lord. A thin place. Jesus, our very, very first thin place where the divine and dust collided. The lifting of creation and the grace-filled stooping of God. A thin place where there is an undeniable connection to the sacred. And we encounter thin places from time to time in the ordinary every day. Maybe a smile from a child for me, it's watching another healthcare worker bring comfort to a patient. For me, watching our healthcare workers put on their PPE and go to the front line, that was a thin place for me. Maybe it's kindness received, generosity experienced, forgiveness offered. Maybe it's looking at the stars on a clear night. There's different experiences in life that can be thin places. But the table of the Lord is one of those consistent thin places. A sacrament that points beyond itself to the story and to the presence of the divine. Brian Zahn writes, The mystery of the Eucharist does nothing less than make all of human labor sacred. For there to be a holy sacrament of communion, there must be bread and grape. Wheat fields and vineyards, bakers and winemakers, human, human labor becomes a sacrament. A farmer planting wheat, vines being tended, a miller grinding wheat, a winemaker crushing grapes, a baker baking bread, a winemaker <coughs> making wine, a truck delivering the bread, a grocer selling the wine. Who knows what bread or what, might, what wine might end up on the communion table as the body and the blood of Christ. Dust and divine collided. The lifting of creation and the grace-filled stooping of God. A thin place, the table where all is being put back together. So come and receive the life of Christ as your own, the grace and the peace of our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. The life of Christ, the righteousness of Christ, the right living, the holy, whole and wholesome life of Christ accounted to us 
as our own. You know, if peace was a commodity that you could keep in your wallet or fill in a safe or have an account with, you could buy the world with it right now. You'd have people lined up to trade. The need is great. The unrest is massive. The, the level of angst that people are carrying in their hearts and their minds is overwhelming. Let me read you a little excerpt from the Children's Storybook Bible. They nailed Jesus to the cross. Father, forgive them, Jesus gasped. They don't understand what they're doing. You say you've come to rescue us, people shouted, but you can't even rescue yourself. If you were really the Son of God, you would just climb down off that cross, they said. But Jesus stayed. You see, they didn't understand. It wasn't their nails that kept him there. It was love. So why don't you stand to your feet this morning? I'm going to invite you to communion. And how I'd like to do it this morning is I'd just like you to, just, we're just going to do it silently, is come and grab some communion. We've got three tables. And I'd love you just to grab it in the silence and go back and just hold these sacred, sacred bread and wine in our hands. And then we're going to play a song and just reflect on it, what it means for you. So now the table has been prepared not of the church, but the table of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is made ready for those who love the Lord a little and those that would like to love him more. All are invited to take a seat at the table, the certain, the uncertain, the faithful and the doubters. So come, you who have much faith and you who have a little, you who have followed faithfully and you who have tried and failed. There is always a space for you at this table. Come not because of your own goodness, but because of the goodness of God. Come and meet the risen Christ. Come and eat from the tree of life rediscovered. Turn your hearts towards Jesus and receive the salvation of God. For Jesus is the bread of life, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So come to where heaven and earth overlap, the table of the Lord, and receive the life of Christ as your own the grace and the peace of our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. So why don't you come?